Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the new Mutual Audio Network. Welcome home. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. Hi, Jack. This is Pete. I am calling to let you know that I'm having one heck of a good time listening to the 2017 Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. Every show so far has been a corker. I, I loved Knock. That was a terrific tribute to our pal Bill Holweg. I really enjoyed Rebecca. Old Souls Audio did a fantastic job. Sarah Golding, John Bell, Rachel Rumler, wonderful cast. Outstanding performances. And then just this week with uh, John Bell and Sarah Golding in the Damon Runyon Theater, that was really funny. Just a wonderful show. I love that whole series because I've been a fan of Damon Runyon for a long time. I actually played Nathan Detroit in a production of Guys and Dolls about 100 years ago. So, you know I've got an affinity for uh, Mr. Runyon. Anyway, I know that... um, Narada Radio Company's presentation of Meridian 71212 is coming up next week. And I just wanted to say, I hope that your listeners enjoy our presentation of that show as much as I've enjoyed everybody else's presentation so far. That's all I have to say. Keep listening. Keep doing the good work. Just keep doing what you're doing. Thanks, buddy. Hope to talk to you soon. Bye for now. The Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. Once again, our seventh season of Sonic Summerstock Playhouse presents classic theatre, adapted and performed by some of the very best audio players and producers from around the world. I'm David Alt, and with Jack Ward, we are your hosts. Welcome to the 2017 Summerstock Playhouse. For tonight's performance, I would like to read a note quickly from our General Director, Mr. Jack Ward. Congratulations to everyone on such a marvellously successful and gloriously entertaining 2017 season for the Playhouse. Each year, it is my sincere joy to share with you the talents of so many great working audio drama production companies and our mutual love of radio drama from the golden era. Tonight's performance has a special meaning for me, as it pertains to our sister series this summer, that of a remembrance of Bill Holweg's own productions. Bill spoke often and fondly of tonight's feature. He and Broken Sea presented it once before at the Playhouse during our 2012 season. It is my great pleasure that Mr. Matt Leong presents this same show to you this evening. Thank you for your attendance and your continued support. And break a leg, Matt. And thank you, Mr. Ward. Spotlights, if you please. Curtains. 
For tonight, we present from Matlion X minus one and cold equation here on the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse stage. I am Matt Leong of Matt Leong 13 Productions. You are about to listen to my adaption of Cold Equations, originally published in Astounding Magazine in 1954, written by Tom Goodwin. Later, it was adapted for the radio anthology X-1, broadcasted over the NBC radio network on August 25th, 1955. I have always loved comics and was excited to see how different artists would draw Batman, to see Dick Sprang's optimistic do-gooder to Frank Miller's gritty vigilante in The Dark Knight Returns. I was fascinated to see how other people interpreted characters through different lenses. That is what I wanted to do with my adaption, to put my own take on a classic episode from old-time radio. There are elements of the story I have brought up to date. I upgraded computers from gears and punch cards to superconducting microprocessors. Then I felt there were other aspects to the characters that could benefit from a 21st century revision to better represent humanity's forward progression. But in any setting, the moral dilemma of the story is timeless. It is about taking chances and about the repercussions of those decisions. This story really defines what makes speculative fiction great. It reframes a great question and makes us think about what answers we arrive at and more importantly, how we arrive there. I would also like to take this opportunity to thank Kara Miller, who was an invaluable resource. I would like to thank my cast for their enthusiasm and their generous donation of their time. This is the first production where I worked with a full live cast, and they made the experience so fulfilling. Thank you, Jack Ward and David Alt of the Sonic Society for all the years of the best in modern audio drama. It sometimes seemed that we were tilting at windmills, laboring at a medium thought dead by an audience entrenched in light and images. Perhaps we were about to reach a platinum age, or maybe the silicon age of audio drama. And thank you to my wife, Emily, whom I can never thank enough. Often for birthdays and anniversaries, I fill greeting cards with clever platitudes. Maybe because I'm constantly trying over and over again to properly put into words how much she means to me. I'm an imperfect creature, constantly fumbling, slowly trying to move forward, ever evolving. Patiently she stands just ahead of me, waiting for me to catch up. Without her, none of this would be possible. I love you. Now, I present to you Cold Equations. Mayday, Mayday, this is Commander Gwendolyn Cross of the Government Survey Crew on Woden. 
We are requesting an emergency dispatch. We have three confirmed cases of Kala Aestis. Our medical module has been compromised by violent storms. We require assistance as soon as possible. Mayday. Mayday. This is Commander Gwendolyn Cross of the Government Survey Crew on Woden. We are requesting an emergency dispatch. We have three confirmed cases of Kala Aestis. Our medical module has been compromised by violent storms. We require assistance as soon as possible. Mayday. Mayday. This is Commander Gwendolyn Cross of the Government Survey this is Stardust. Do you read me Earth Command? This is Stardust to Mirror Control. This is Fleet Transport Stardust to Earth Nav Control requesting a travel condition. Command to Mirror Command. Command. Do you read me? This is Fleet Transport Stardust. Mayday, Mayday, this is Commander Gwendolyn Cross of the government. Commander Delhart, sir, I think we have a situation on Woden. Come on, let's get the CDS prepped and loaded. Space drop in 15 minutes. There is no margin of safety along the rim of a frontier. There can't be any until the way is made for those who come later. Until then, the penalty for mistakes is a grim one. The laws of physical nature operate with irrevocable certainty, with no room for mercy, kindness, or sentimentality. In space, life becomes a cold equation, and the answer is often followed by death. It sounds melodramatic, but it is the truth I know firsthand. I'm an EDS pilot. Matt Leong, 13 Productions presents Cold Equations, adapted from the short story by Tom Godwin. I'm aboard the fleet transport Stardust heading to Mir Mir. To be a pilot of an emergency dispatch shuttle is not a glamorous job. I spend most trips in my bunk doing crossword puzzles and reading cheap paperback novels. To you, I'm sure it seems like a waste of money to have a pilot just sitting there, but believe it or not, it is cheaper to send me out here than to set up more supply outposts. It works. The pay is good, the benefits are great, but you don't get home much. It had been a quiet trip until I got called down to the XO's office. Come in. You sent for me, Commander? Yes. Sit down, Barton. We just got an emergency dispatch from the Territorial Space Station on Woden. Woden, uh, that's in the Crab Nebula, isn't it? That's right. There are two exploration parties there on Manning's continent, eight members each. Mm-hmm. There is an outbreak of Keleastus, and their medical habitat module was wrecked during a violent weather storm. Oh, and I thought this was going to be a nice, quiet passenger run. EDS-4 is being prepped, and their payload is loaded. In ten minutes, we will drop into normal space and launch your ship. I'm on my way. One thing. I may have buried the lead here. 
What's that? Loading is pretty far out, and you are at maximum payload for an EDS. We dumped any unnecessary weight and turned your ship into a flying gas can. Now I won't lie, this is going to be an incredibly dangerous mission. Woden is very valuable. The government needs this crew to complete its survey. It is worth hundreds of billions. Statistics ran the numbers, and figuring the weight of the medical equipment will be able to give you just enough fuel to land on Manning's continent if you can make it on the first pass. Otherwise, you'll burn up in midair. The company recognizing the importance of this planet survey and the level of risk you're facing. Upon successful completion of this run, you'll be compensated with a bonus that will equal your annual salary. Um, wow. When can I expect to be picked up? We'll make a stop on the run back to Earth sometime next year. You'll be notified. I guess I won't be making it home for Christmas. Sorry that we can't make it sooner. Uh, that's what happens when you sign up for EDS work. See you next year, Commander. Reports of the launch bay. Yes, sir. Good luck, Bart. Down in the belly of the Stardust, the crew was working frantically to get the emergency dispatch ship prepped. Mechanics and technicians swarmed all over the bay. Nine minutes later, the course was plotted, the medical equipment was stowed in the hold, and EDS-4 Gamma-3 was ready to be launched into space. Airlock sealed. Cabin pressurized. EDS startup sequence engaged. Pre-flight checklist completed. All systems nominal. McGuffin drive pre-flight diagnostic complete. Beginning drive priming sequence. Pardon? Yes, sir. Launch bay personnel has been cleared. 30 seconds of drop. All set. All lights are green. 20 seconds. Launch bay has been depressurized. Lock open. 15 seconds. Engage MacGuffin Drive. MacGuffin Drive is a go. 10 seconds. Detach umbilical. Umbilical detach. 5 seconds. 4, 3, 2, 1, drop. I don't remember how much time had passed until I noticed that something was off. It had been an hour, maybe two. Playing video file, hi mom from Jay Barton. Timestamp, August 8th, 2179, 1624 CST. Hey mom, um, okay, so there's a, there's a Vania, a double header over there. I can hardly spot it at all. Well, I can get the engine and the tender, but those see a Burlington 110 up a much better. A few others. Again. Video play back paused. A temperature variation in the hold? The onboard sensors registered a second heat signature, and it was coming from the cargo bay. All right, come out. Whoever, whatever you are, if you don't come out in five seconds, you're gonna get shot. One, two. Hello, uh, please don't shoot me. I surrender. I'm Martin, 
Martin Lee Cross, your prisoner. What are you doing in there? Uh, I stowed away. Oh, no. No, no, no. What? Do I have to pay a fine or something? What are you doing here? I need a ride. I'm, I'm trying to get to my wife. Who's your wife? She's with the government survey crew on Woden. I haven't seen her since she left Earth a year ago. Okay, but what made you hide in my EDS? I was a passenger on the Stardust. I have a job on Mir Mir, but I heard you were going to Woden, and it looked like they had plenty of room in the cargo hold. So I hid. I figured I'd be breaking some kind of rule, but hey, what's one rule? What's one rule? Hey, genius, how about this math problem? F is the amount of fuel that will power an EDS with a mass of M safely to its destination. F amount of fuel will not power an EDS with a mass of M plus our passenger X safely to its destination. How could he be expected to know? He was 5'8 with brown hair and this stupid look on his face. Right now he has no idea that this equation will have to be balanced. You, sit down there. This is Barton, emergency dispatch pilot 4 Gamma 3 to Stardust. Stardust here. We read you, EDS. Go ahead. Give me Commander Delhart. What's the message, EDS? I need to consult Commander Delhart. The commander is busy. Listen here, squirt. Give me Commander Delhart. One moment. This is Delhart. What is it? Sir, at 0800 hours, I discovered a stowaway aboard my ship. A stowaway? Yes, sir. Barton, what's going on? Sir, he's a kid. Barely an adult. Oh? He wanted to see his wife on Woden. He didn't realize what he was doing. I see. I wondered, sir, maybe the cruiser could, uh, change course or something. I'm afraid not. We're hundreds of light years away. We have limited fuel supply and neither Japan. Is there any chance? No. Understood, Skipper. Contact records and log the information. Yes, sir. And Barton? Skipper? Sorry. Yeah. Sure. Barton out. You cut our acceleration? I did. Why? Uh, to save fuel for a while. How did you manage to stow away? Well, back in the Stardust, I was taking a language lesson in Mimi Rees, and I overheard the order come in for your ship, so I wandered down to the launch bay and found an inspection corps white coat just draped over a chair. I put on the white coat, grabbed a clipboard, and slipped on board pretending to check some gauges. It was surprisingly easy. But hey, I'll be a model prisoner. I promise. Space Scout's honor. Ugh. If only you were a thief or a spy, it would make it easier. Make what easier? Forget it. Why couldn't he have been somebody with some ulterior motive? A fugitive hoping to lose himself in a raw new world or a crackpot with a mission? Why did he have to be this grinning idiot? Stardust EDS 4 Gamma 3. Barton here. Go ahead. Four Gamma 3, we need an ID for the stowaway. Give me your identification card, Mr. Cross. Here. Why? It's for the ship's records. Identification number Tango 8374. One moment. This is for the gray card? Yes. 
I'll need the time. Uh, I'll call back later. Uh, that's highly irregular. Then we'll do it in a highly irregular manner. The person in question is listening to everything that's being said. Are you capable of understanding that? Oh, uh, please proceed for Gamma 3. ID number Tango 8374-Yankee54. Name, Martin Lee Cross. Male, married, born, July 7th, 2160. Good lord, you're barely 20. You are still a kid. Height, 1.72 meters tall. Weight, 81.6 kilos. Hair, brown. Eyes, blue. Ethnicity, Caucasian. Blood type, O. Listen, I'll call you back later. Look, Martin, I don't know if you appreciate what you've gotten yourself into. It's like this. This ship is carrying critical medical equipment to the survey group on Woden. Okay. Their medical habitat module was wrecked in a storm. The colony is infected with Kalaestis, which is fatal unless proper treatment is given in the first 48 hours. This EDS shuttle has exactly enough fuel to reach its destination. If you stay aboard, your added weight will cause it to use up all the fuel before it lands. Oh. What happens then? We crash. You die. I die. The infected 16 members on Woden die. Can't they send another ship to meet us? There are no ships to send. Well, I... Oh. No. No, no. You... You... You can't do that. It is how it has to be. But that's crazy. I haven't done anything. I haven't hurt anybody. I'm sorry. I would have told you before, but I wanted to make sure there was no other option. You mean it? You're going to make me leave this ship. That's how it is. But I'll die. My lungs will explode and freeze. Try to understand. I do understand. You're going to kill me, and I didn't do anything. I know you didn't. That has nothing to do with it. It has everything to do with it. Nobody should die like that for no reason. What if we unbolted some seat or some non-essential system? What about the toilet? Is there a toilet we can eject? The interior of an EDS is basically one large molded hex carbon fiber sleeve. It would take an industrial grade plasma cutter, which we don't have, to remove that chair from the floor. What about a pressure suit? What if I put on a pressure suit, I'll let myself out, I'll do a little spacewalk, you know, and I'll just hang out, and you can call for someone to pick me up. We don't have any pressure suits. What kind of spaceship doesn't have spacesuits? In case of catastrophic engine failure, the cockpit detaches from the ship and serves as a lifeboat. It is a measure they came up with to cut down on cost and weight. Oh, listen. Um, maybe there are other cruisers out there. Cruisers you don't know about. Maybe you could radio. Maybe it- Now listen to me, Martin. It's different here. It is different from anything you've ever known. On Woden, there are 16 people. 16 human beings on that entire world fighting an unforgiving alien environment. Out here, you can only make a mistake once. And I made a mistake. Yes. And there's no hope of? Absolutely none. You will have to be put out of the ship. What's wrong? I can't breathe. You're hyperventilating. Put your head between your legs. I'm going to die. Oh, what the hell? What did I do to deserve this? This is crap. This is bull. And you know what? 
the woman I did all this for, I'm never gonna see her again. But hey, maybe she'll see my frozen bloated corpse floating outside the window as she flies back to Earth. But what do you care? You're just another rocket jack delivery girl. Hey, this is a bad situation. You made your choice. You knew what you were risking when you boarded this ship. There are 16 lives, including your wife's, on the line. 17, including mine. So don't take this out on me. So? So? How about some music? Yeah. That'd be great. He sat on the floor with the curve of the ship's hull to his back, and I watched all hope drain out of him. With the absence of hope, there goes the fear, 
and then the resignation. He needed time, but there was so little left. EDS? Stardust to EDS. Need pertinent data. Roger, Stardust. When do you expect to complete your report? Later. I need a diagnostic check, a verification for my flight plan, and the G-fold model for descent. I'm intersecting course vector 7.3 at 0831. Deceleration, 1750. Weight, one ton. I would like to stay at 0.10 as long as I can. I wait as the new factors are fed into the maw of the quantum neural processors and the electrical impulses are coded and then determine with utter precision of how long the pale kid beside me would have to live. Your systems read 5 by 5. You will resume deceleration at 1910. <sighs> That's what I got. Thank you, 4 Gamma 3 out. It is 1810. One hour. He has one hour to live. One hour? That's it. If this happened back on Earth, a thousand ships would fill the sky. The whole world would know about it. They'd do everything to save me. This isn't Earth. We had such big dreams. The house, the 2.5 kids, maybe a cat. Then we realized that they were just dreams. Gwen and I separated over a year ago. We were young and stupid, got married right out of high school. She enlisted, and all through command school, it was fine. It was great, right up until she got promoted. I was going to see her. I was going to fix it. I was going to make everything all right. Are you married? I was. Oh. She ran off with someone in the weather service. Do you still think about her? I don't let myself. Where is she? Back on Earth. Kids? A boy. Look, if you don't mind, I'd rather talk about something else. Okay. Um, what do you talk about when you've got an hour to live? What do you want to talk about? What's Gwen like? Gwen? Oh. She's funny. She made me laugh all the time, even when she was trying to annoy me. When she found out, I mean, you see, there was another girl. Gwen, she was away a lot for training and missions. I was lonely. When she found out, she looked at me with this mix of shock and hate. She yelled and screamed and called me horrible things. I deserved all of it. She packed a bag and gave me the finger as she stormed out the front door. Um, I haven't seen her since. I should have gone after her, but I, I didn't know what to say. I had no idea where to start. And now? I haven't stopped thinking about her. So, when I heard the ship was bound for Woden and I knew Gwen was there, I had to take that chance. Martin had violated a man-made law. The penalty was not of man's making or desire. It was not a penalty men could revoke. F, amount of fuel, will power an EDS with a mass of M safely to its destination. The time was 1830. 40 minutes. It was beginning to get me. 
Space is a savage place, and in my tenure I have seen a hundred people die. This was different. I watched him as he wrote a message for his parents, and one for Gwen. I watched him as he fought his way through the black horror of fear toward the calm gray of acceptance. And then there it was on the screen, the planet Woden, a red ball enshrouded in the blue haze of its atmosphere, swimming in space against the background of star-sprinkled blackness. The chronometer on my display said 1845. Listen, we're in com range of Woden now. I mean, would you want me to try to contact your wife? Really? It would mean she would know what is going to happen. There is nothing anyone can do. Yes. I would like to talk to her. She deserves to know. Hello. Hello, Woden? EDS 4 Gamma 3 to Woden Government Survey Group. Can you hear me? Come in, Woden. They may not be monitoring. Hello? Copy? Hello? Hello? Identify yourself, please. This is the Government Survey Group 1 on Woden. This is Barton, pilot of EDS 4 Gamma 3. Do you have the medical supplies? Yes. How bad is it? Six are infected. One man died last night. How long till you land? I start deceleration at 1910 hours. I should make touchdown by 1930. Thank God. I'm looking for Gwen Cross. She isn't here. She's out with a survey team. Well, when do you expect her to return? I can't say. I can try to get through to her, but the weather's playing hell with our communications. All right. If Commander Cross comes back before we lose contact, will you have her buzz me? It's urgent. Okay, EDS. I'll keep the channel open. Check. The minutes passed like small bits of eternity. On the screen, I could see Manning's continent sprawled like a gigantic hourglass in the eastern sea. There was a thin line of shadow where it was beginning to disappear as the planet turned on its axis. I looked at this sad, pale kid next to me, and I thought of a woman long ago who'd sat next to me crying because I wouldn't try to understand. What had he written in those letters for back home? What would they think of the faceless, unknown pilot who'd sent him to his death? What would I think of myself? alone at night, reliving this voyage. Are you cold? I'll turn up the heat. Anything from Gwen? Not yet. Maybe it's better. I mean, what if this was happening to you and your wife tried to call you? How would you feel? I don't know. Do you ever hear from her? I got a letter about a year ago. I tore it up. That was foolish. A handwritten letter. You don't see many of those. Those take a lot of effort. It was pretty foolish. Life is so terribly short to be wandering around alone. Well, I... I wait a second, we're getting something. How much time do we have? About five minutes. Hello, EDS. Hello. EDS, four game of three. Come in. Come in. EDS here. I have Commander Cross. Alright, go ahead. Hello? This is Commander Cross. Gwen Cross? Yes. I have someone for you. Go ahead. Hello? Gwen? Hello? Gwen? Who is it? It's Martin. Martin? I wanted to see you again. I stowed away on an EDS. Uh, you what? But Martin... It doesn't matter. Gwen... I want you to know. I'm sorry. Oh. It's been so long. I I can't believe it. I thought I'd see you again, 
But now, Gwen, you don't hate me, do you? Hate you? Oh, Martin, I've never stopped loving you. Not even for an instant. Gwen. The transmission's breaking up, Martin. I've got to see you. There's got to be some way. There isn't. Let me talk to the pilot. Move over. Hello? Pilot, have you called your mothership? Did you have them double-check the G-fold model? I've done everything. You've been on the frontier long enough to know how an EDS runs. Dear God, there must be something. Some way. Do you think I'd let this happen if I wasn't sure? She tried to help me. Gwen, she tried. It really doesn't matter. I'm not frightened anymore. Not now. But how did you get here? I don't understand. I was going to Miramir for a job. I was just going because I'd be closer to where you are, Gwen. All this time. Don't. Let me tell you something, Martin. I've always known you'd come back to me. I've known it every minute. It's what kept me alive. I want you to hold that into your mind. Gwen? I... I can't hear you. Gwen! I do. It's fading. I'll try and boost the signal. There's so many things left to say. Gwen, if you can still hear me, I'll come see you again. Maybe it'll be in your dreams, or be the touch of a breeze, or even one of those golden-winged little birds singing my head off. Maybe I'll be nothing you can see or hear. You'll know I'm there. Think of me like that. Gwen, goodbye. Goodbye, my darling. He sat motionless in the hush that followed, and then he looked at me. Now? It's time. Warning, airlock safety override engaged. Docking sensors and pressure equalization protocols deactivated. I pulled down the black lever and the inner door of the airlock slid open. He walked with his head up. Martin stepped into the lock and turned to face me. I'm ready. Hey, Barton. You have a first name? Elise. Nice to meet you, Elise. It has been good to meet you, Martin. I pulled the red lever. There was a slight waver as the air gushed out. Then there was nothing. As I sat back at my controls to prepare for landing, I saw the ship's sensors registered only one heat signature. The cold equation had been balanced. 
and I was alone. The cast was Cara Miller as Barton, Reginald Garth as Commander Delhart, Mike Jones as the Flight Deck Commander, Jack Hobbs as Barton's son, Ernie Loughbury as Martin Lee Cross, Jeff Eldon as the Communications Officer, Brian Nelson as the Records Officer, Dan Nichols as the Statistics Officer, Brian Spath as Survey Team Comms Officer, and Jenny Heisinger as Commander Gwendolyn Cross. Additional voices provided by Emily Leon, Melissa Richter, Jordan Viviano, and William Gilbert. The script editors are Emily Leon, Cara Miller, and Melissa Richter. The music played in this program is Watercolor by Alastair Cooper from freemusicarchive.org under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Non-Derivatives 4.0 license. On Questions of Responsibility, Act 2 by Lloyd Rogers as public domain from the freemusicarchive.org. Masks by James William Hindle is licensed under an attribution non-commercial 3.0 international license. Oscars Missing by Scott Holmes and Counter Tuscany by Evgeny Taylor are licensed under an attribution non-commercial license. Lost Time by Kevin MacLeod of incompetech.com licensed under Creative Commons by attribution 3.0 license. Some sound effects and components of sounds are acquired through freesound.org. And I am Antonia Minette, your announcer. Thank you for listening. And that's this week's performance for the 2017 Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. All productions, performances, characters and scripts presented in the Playhouse belong strictly to their copyright holders, and no copyright infringement is assumed or intended. The Sonic Summerstock Playhouse is part of the Sonic Society podcast and Electric Vicuna Productions. Any shows that continue their run must have explicit permission from all parties involved. The Playhouse theme was written and performed by Sharon B. Join us next week at the Playhouse for another classic performance. I'm your announcer, David Alt. Good night. This has been an Electric Vicuna production. Hi, this is John Bell. They say a picture is worth a thousand words. In my podcast, Bells in the Battery, I usually surpass a thousand words. Why does he? But for every episode, there is also a picture. You mean the itty-bitty picture that you see when you bring up the episode? Yes, that's called a thumbnail. They're drawn on thumbnails? But now you can see all the thumbnail pictures in large format by going to the Bells in the Bat Free Gallery. 
just go online to thebatfree.com. That's T-H-E-B-A-T-F-R-Y dot com. And click on gallery. That's G-A-L-L-E. I think they can figure that out. You'll see all the pictures for all the episodes that were created by Jeff Music, along with other guest artists like the Lavalie Brothers and famous animation director Dan Reba. Well, he knows one celebrity, and he really wants you to know about it. You'll also see lots of fan art over the years and a few surprises. So when you're in the mood for a picture instead of a thousand words, especially his words, go to thebatfree.com and click on gallery. And be sure to clean your thumbnails before viewing. 